0: All right, today on the Shift Daily Podcast, you can download it from all of your favorite podcast sites. Of course, even just your basic podcast app, whether you use Spotify or Stitcher or Apple Music, uh, you bet they'll all be there for you. Check out the podcast. Today, we go back to Ukraine with Mikhailo Zernikov, who updates us on the war in Ukraine. We dig into Russia's motivations for the conflict at this point and why landmass might not matter to Putin especially with some of the speeches he's been making recently. The government is considering putting warning messages on individual cigarettes. Do you smoke and do you think this is a good idea? Would it even matter at this point? Your calls and texts and are you okay with less charging cords? Well, charging cords in general for your phones, more and more charging cords. All of this and more on the Shift Daily Podcast. Well, good morning. Thank you very much for listening to The Shift. I appreciate you being here, as we have done over 100 days of calling and connecting in Ukraine. Mikhailo Zernikov, former judge, advocate, all things policy, joins us from Ukraine. Mikhailo, how are you?
1: Uh, hi, Shane. Uh, relatively speaking well, uh, as always, thank you, and thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank you how for taking you? the time. I'm good. Thank you for asking. I, I appreciate you taking the time to be here with us, um, you know, speaking to one of your colleagues a few days ago, um, mm-hmm. Mr. Berko, and uh, learning that, you know, some of the uh, more and more Ukrainians are going back to Kiev and how exciting that is. I thought that, uh, you know, for 100 days, uh, you with your job as, you know, founder of Dijon and all the different things that you get yourself mm-hmm. up to, um, that perhaps some um, you know, what are you seeing with Ukrainians going back to Kyiv and and how does that how does that land with you? How does that feel?
1: It is true. It is. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say that uh, we like the most part of our uh, office already kind of moved um, to Kiev, And uh, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of people are, are coming back um, because, you know, the immediate danger is probably. At least when I'm talking about, you know, the the enemy forces on the ground, they are not uh, a threat, at least as of now. There's still, you know, there's still some uh, Russian forces and and Belarusian forces uh, are in Belarus quite close to Kiev. But uh, uh, it's not that, you know, it doesn't seem so far that they are, you know, the attack threat is imminent. So uh, there's a yeah there's a lot of people coming back and I think it's a good sign because you know we we have to continue doing we have to we have working we have to continue reviving the economy in order to you know to to win the war and to um, uh, just basically live our normal lives as as much as we can because you know this this will this will last for some more time it's you know there was a, there was a feeling that oh. Uh, after you know the th- initial three days of Russia attacking and nobody knew what would happen, and then we saw that we successfully defend, and then we saw that you know the the, the world is helping and we can uh, you know counterattack. Then there was this feeling when we you know oh it's you know a little bit more and we will win everything. No, it's it's it doesn't seem so because you know the, it is it is a very complicated war against uh, a big country that is a nuclear power. So we. Uh, and there's a, there's a lot of nuances and there's a lot of things that are you know that, that's still you know it, it's not decided. So we have to we absolutely have to uh, you know understand that this is a, basically a marathon, not not a sprint, and we have to uh, accordingly uh, plan resources and 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 do stuff.
0: One of those things that uh, you know I mean in 2014, and it's been a long time since. Crimea and Mm -hmm. all those those things. And I don't want to assert in any way that Ukrainians became complacent. But when this all started, um, you know, many Ukrainians have reportedly said, well, we didn't think there was going to actually be like full on, you know, all around the country kind of war here. And uh, but at the same time, I mean, this tug of war with Russia has been going on for a very, very long time. It seems naive to assume that it was going to be done, you know, in two months, three months.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you're right. Well, first of all, uh, the, there was a very significant, uh, portion of population that, you know, didn't see the war exactly. So yeah, the war is going on for, for eight years now. And, uh, uh it just was localized on, on Donbass and, you know, it was never a, an active war in Crimea, but still it was a, a land capture, but by, by, by Russian forces and, uh, but it was that it was you know something far away, and maybe you know who knows what and you know who's to blame so there was a there was a portion of the population that thought kind of like this uh you know not not very informed, not very asking themselves what is really going on, but then you know when the when the full scale invasion started when the when the rockets when the missiles uh, and the bombs started you know heating pretty much every town. Uh, and, and nobody was uh safe then it suddenly hits everybody you know that's oh um there's a there's a war with Russia hello it's it's been going on you yeah. know the, the last one has been going on for 8 years now and pretty much if you look at the last 300 years it maybe maybe we we find 30 or 40 years when we're not warring with Russia or not being occupied by Russia that's it, it's like this in Ukrainian history so it's you know if you know your history you 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 understand that's that's not first of all it's been going on pretty much forever russia is an imperial country just denies our existence uh whatever whatever are the you know the arguments against just don't resonate with them and uh, of course they will try and, and are trying to you know basically uh make us cease to exist and uh we see that's why they're so genocidal And that's why they're they're pretty much you know, killing everybody and and or at least a lot of people who are identify uh, as as Ukrainians on the occupied territories and whatnot. So yes, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna end very soon.
0: Now you, with policy and all the things, understand this this question I think better than than I do, and I, I truly don't understand what's going on. So the French President Macron is bringing Mm -hmm. a couple other leaders to talk to Zelensky. My understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I'm truly trying to figure it out, I don't understand, that it looks like they're trying to say, hey, by the way, why don't you just end this and give up a little bit of dirt and call it a day? I I don't, it doesn't seem like that is a great idea, Um, but at the same time, it seems like that's the common. Am I understanding that idea that that's what these guys are trying to push from these other countries, or do I have that wildly wrong?
1: Uh, short answer is i do not know i ah. hope we all yeah i also fear that there's a lot you know there's a lot of uh uh people who think this version might be correct because that's a that's what they've been doing for and their governments no not personally them but the merkel government uh wasn't at the center of these um you know minsk peace agreements whatever that is um, trying to um, um, convince Ukraine basically to give up, whatever the, the form that was, you know, change the constitution the way Russia wants, and so on. It's not the dirt that they want. It's not the... Take a look at the Russian territory. It is big. It's not that they want another, I don't know, 0.002% to add to their collection. They already did that with Crimea, and and it didn't stop them. So it's not about the land. It's it's they want us that. It's as simple as this. And it's I, I'm not sure it's either the inability to understand or the, the blindness that is, um, you know, that 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 they um deliberately you know looking as, as we call it through the fingers to do like trying to not notice the the you know really what's going on and what it's all about and, and trying to to have business as usual with russia because that's the sentiment i suppose is among uh, a lot of european leaders not a lot but, but at least you know germany and france definitely on one hand they are they declared support for ukraine and even sent some arms uh when it when it when we're talking about France, you know, they're taking refugees, for which we're grateful, of course. But on the other hand, they go like, oh, we have to save Putin's face, or we have to not yeah. humiliate Russia, Don't or them, whatever, yeah. that, whatever that is. And, and this, you know, this rhetoric is, you know, that, that screams that they are, whatever they're trying to do now, they it's very probable that they will convince zelensky you know oh you know just surrender some more things and then everything will go right no it will not it will, will been for this for the last 8 years and 300 years before that and you know look at wh- where where it's led us so um yes and and the another uh, what you know what the observers point out and i think it's a very good observation that uh, these three leaders do not uh Take Duda or Johnson with them, which who are very supportive and who are say um, uh, who who have not been noticed, um, you know, spewing out this rhetoric uh, about you know saving putting space putting space or whatever that is. So that's you know if if they wanted to to communicate whatever consolidated European position, first of all, you can't do that without Poland anymore. You know, it's so much shifted to you know Poland is one of the leaders of the European Union and Poland, Poland is one of the closest friends of Ukraine and Poland d- does get us they understand what it's all about so if you, if you wanted to to show unity then you would take some of the you know um, I, I don't want to say hardcore pro-Ukrainians I, I want to say those European countries who understand this right and who, who understand what, what should be done but they did not so that's, there's a lot of um, say concern about that they will come to do exactly this
0: yeah and it, it it it's you know what it sounds like it's almost like when you know you, you with your neighbor and you're telling the guy four or five doors down how the guy should cut his lawn or take care of his house like it's like it makes no sense to me and it doesn't add up especially with a couple of things and again you're probably going to know this better than i will so um i'll let you speak to it is that the essay that putin wrote a couple of a year or so ago about you know uh, the soviet union and what it needs to look like and bring it back together again And then Mm -hmm. there's this reporting about uh, the comparing himself, because he did in that speech sort of position himself as heir to Peter the Great, like the next version of Peter the Great. Can you help us understand that story of Peter the Great? I realize that's a Russian story, not a Ukrainian story, but I'm assuming you know more about it than I do. So um, and, and those like the expansionist idea of russia and then yet you have these other leaders from other countries saying you know don't embarrass russia when he's openly speaking to how he wants to expand the ussr idea again so t- yeah. take that where you, where you want to take it Mikhailo. i i you you know what better than me and i don't know the story of peter the great so if you can share some insight there too
1: sure Lotta. just I, I if i may i'll just a little bit correct your metaphor from from the previous um uh, interaction say it's it, it wouldn't be as bad if it were your, na- your you know, downstairs neighbor who says, how, how about, you know, do things a little bit differently, because that, that might be, you know, connected to how he lives his life, and he might actually know things because he's, he's living next next to you or next door. It's, it's about the neighbors who live, you know, on the other part of the street, uh, while your neighbor is helping you as much as possible, while, while your other close neighbor occupied, you know, occupied one of your rooms, Is uh, beating you up, raping your wife, and then they come in and saying, "Oh, how about you give him another room, so maybe he stops, and we can continue doing business with them?" It's it's surreal. It's you know, it it can't happen like this. So anyway, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, It's a good metaphor. It's just a little a little bit more complicated than this.
2: Yeah, Yeah, Um, you're
1: right. Yeah and and more more bizarre that's this way um so uh, now talking about peter the great and, and putin the whatever whatever he is um, yes um so why the comparison well first of all i think it's not only my thought many people think putin, putin is delusional essentially because you know what what if you have by, by different reports you know hundreds of billions of dollars that you stole from uh, your um uh, country and um uh, you know and otherwise uh and and you have you know all the power that you, you can dream of in your uh own country and you know you start you start thinking about what how can i what what other things can i achieve and how can i go down in history and instead of and of course you can you want to compare yourself with the great leaders of the past which russia thinks peter I, uh, is and in many ways well as ugly as as his policies were also towards ukraine um but um he, he is uh, one of the things he's famous for in russia is uh, basically uniting a lot of territories and uh as they call it um breaking the window into europe basically uh, making russia from what it was uh, basically the ancestor of of the uh, sorry the uh, what do you call it, what's the opposite the, the the um descendant of the um of the golden horde basically all the uh very very eastern tradition very very asian tradition uh he um in, you know imposed a lot of european practices had a lot of exchange with you know Germany and other countries uh trying to kind of live more like europe rather than more like asia and uh for, for that for, for these things you know uh he's he's revered re- revered in 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 uh, in russia but uh, i actually fail to understand it maybe i'm not that um keen or i may- maybe I'm not that knowledgeable in history or the you know or the russian uh, logic but uh, what whatever putin does he's not making Russia more european he's doing the opposite because yeah. you know he's basically modernize well, modernizing... Uh,
0: yeah sorry i, didn't mean to well, so he, you. I just want to help you out there the way that they the way that they described it was that uh, he did it under the disguise of modernizing everything and there was the stories of peter the great where he toured around europe in disguise trying to learn ideas about how to make things mm-hmm. better and he's comparing himself to this guy that i don't know if peter the great was good or bad i i don't know the storyline but i do know that he toured around and said he was going to modernize things um but then it, which which is to me ironic that he's comparing himself to the guy who's modernizing when he's trying to go backwards in time and um, oh, exactly
1: yeah please please yeah sorry
0: yeah so I, I wanted to I did so there was a quote from this article on the BBC that I wanted to add to this and, and just try to create some context for everybody who's listening it says that um, uh, Mr. Putin said in in his in his story I'm just reading it uh, verbatim. It says, you might think he was fighting with Sweden, seizing their lands, referring to the Northern Wars, which Peter launched at the turn of the 18th century as he forged a new Russian empire, but he seized nothing. He reclaimed it. And that's what's got everybody freaked out because um, it seems to have fallen to us too to reclaim and strengthen is how he concluded his speech. And that doesn't Mm. sound like modernizing, does it?
1: No, absolutely not. Well, first of all, the empires that are built on just capturing the land are, you know, the empires do not live in 21st century. They're not successful, first of all, to begin with. You know, it's either, let's uh, not go very deep into that, but still. Uh, building the the empire on the basic notion of just capturing more land is even more archaic. Okay. Uh, yes. Russia failed to modernize. Their elites failed to Provide the the picture of the future that you know that the, the, the people would believe. That is why um, you know you, you have if you don't have if you don't have any future. If you uh, think you know if you connect your greatness to the only thing basically how many people in the world fear you, then uh, you have to you know inevitably you go back to more more you install more and more archaic notions in your society, and by that you're installing more and more archaic practices and you, you inevitably fall back, you're, you're basically moving backwards in time. If you look at the you know, Russian culture, quote-unquote, recently, uh, it's, there's a lot of, you know, first of all, this kind of warmongering um, obsession with um, the World War II. It's been how many years now? Uh, what, almost 80 years, right? Uh, since the end of the World War II, and they still cannot, um, because that's that's the only thing they can be proud of. They, they didn't produce anything worthwhile. T- talking about, you know, Russian what? Anything, gas and oil, but that's, you know, that's just taking this out of the ground and selling. What is Russian that is good in, or that is, you know, widely known and consumed other than violence? in the in the recent history there's nothing like this so if you don't have anything to offer to the world if you don't have anything that is um uh, you know of worth and uh, uh that you can be proud of as a nation you inevitably you, the only thing you can do is oh we won in the world war Two. let alone you know we're not even speaking that you know where would be russia without you know the the other the allies the you know the brits and the and the americans and others but uh uh, so yeah, the, basically they're 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 obsessed with this World War II. That you know, this, it's it's uh, it's bizarre to see that the children in the kindergarten are in the World War II uniforms and marching to the uh, World War II songs, and that's that's insane. And that's why you know the whole population is like, okay, who are we warring next? Because there's this uh, cult of uh, basically uh, going to the war with anybody and 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 dying there, and that's that's. That's just sad, and that's uh, that's that, that's more than Russia right right there.
0: Yeah, well, thank you very much. Mikhailo Zernikov is in Ukraine. Um, I know it's not much. I forgot to take a picture so I could send it to you, but I wanted to let you know that I did plant my sunflowers. They're just dwarf sunflowers. There's not going to be big ones because they're in pots, though, in front of my house because we invited mm-hmm. our audience to plant sunflowers this summer um, as a bit of a solidarity um, to Ukraine with the, the, such a beautiful flower in Ukraine and um and they've started to sprout so a little bit of a little highlight wow. of of beautiful goodness um on my front step that uh just for you my friend
1: well wow, thank you shane that's that's so heartwarming and really made me made me smile right now and uh, thank you so much right, very much to everybody who who does that and and by the way i wanted to thank you and thank uh you know all the staff of shift and uh, uh everybody who who does that 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 you guys still doing this because we we've seen you know is a there's a lot of uh you know we talked about this but there's a, there's a fewer fewer less and less interest in uh, what is going on in ukraine because again that's that's how the news work but uh it's extremely important right now to continue um letting people know what's what is happening The war is far from over there's a lot of still lots of russian forces there's still lots of suffering there's still lots yeah. of uh territory that have to be retaken and uh, Uh, Yes, and we need much more support and much more weapons again. Uh, So thank you so much for doing this, and thank you for shedding the light.
0: My pleasure. Thank you, sir. It's great to chat with you, and I look forward to chatting again soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so very much.
0: Are you still a smoker? 877-399-9898. No judgment conversation. I'm just curious as to why you do. We've all heard for all the decades of why it's not good for you. And I'm curious as to why it is. Well, so much so that the government is looking to put more warnings on more packages of cigarettes to be able to uh, discourage people, uh, they say, from smoking. Now, is it going to work or not? Uh, to be determined. So to reset the conversation so we know what is going on, because if you're a smoker, this is probably some pretty big news. That's for sure. Uh Get the report there for me, Tim. Smoking forty six.
2: You've seen the warning on cigarette boxes, but Canada could soon be the first country in the world to require a warning be printed on every individual cigarette. Adding health warnings on individual tobacco products will help ensure that these essential messages reach people, including the youth who often access cigarettes one at a time in social situations, sidestepping the information printed on a package. The warnings on cigarette packages started in 2000, but the images haven't been updated in 10 years. And while the exact messaging printed on the cigarettes could change, the current proposal is poison in every puff. Consultations are going to start on Saturday, and the government anticipates changes coming by the second half of 2023.
0: Okay, so poison in every puff. They said in that report that the, the youths, the youths, <laughs> are, uh, usually access cigarettes one at a time. Well, everybody accesses cigarettes one at a time because if you're smoking two at a time, you're either rich or really have a problem. So everybody accesses cigarettes one at a time. This is nothing new, but what they're suggesting is, is that young folks don't buy the pack, they bum a smoke. All right. So Jeffrey Fong, professor of psychology and public health sciences at the University of Waterloo, principal investigator into the International Tobacco Control Policy Evaluation Project, said printing the health hazard warning on each single cigarette greatly extends the exposure of the messaging of the harmfulness of the product. In mathematical terms, the difference is considerable compared to having just the packaging labeled, he explained, that for a person who smokes a pack a day, the news measures would mean 58,000 versus 7,300 times of exposure to negative messages a year. Now, do you really think it's going to have an impact on anything to do with smoking if you read it on there, you read a label Ryan O'Donnell's in Calgary. I'm Shane Hewitt. I'm in Ottawa right now. And, uh, Ryan, do you think, now, have you ever smoked cigarettes? Yeah. Only I used to, when
3: I was like 18, 19, I'd have, a, I would bum a smoke out partying, never like mm-hmm. as a habit. Um, I actually lit one for a friend two weeks ago. It was my mm-hmm. first taste of a cigarette in probably two, three years. And I was like, guys, this is cool. And then I almost immediately vomited. So it's like, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> it's not for me
0: poison in every puff
3: sounds okay. like a meme can i talk about yeah okay so here's the thing i actually think it's an interesting idea to put a reminder as you look you know you're looking down at it and a reminder of just what's going into your lungs but the problem is that poison and i'm telling you right now all the millennials all the gen Zs, they're going to take an ironic picture and post it on instagram going ha, poison in every puff puff away like they're going to do that you need to come up with something that's more. Puff is this a is pot cancer word, a stick. First of all, cancer Puff stick. is a pot yes, word. Yes, it is. Right.
0: Yeah. The, the, putting cancer stick on it would probably be more effective than poison in every puff. Death sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, I think it's too. Uh, it's too kind of catchy. It's too much of a slogan. Do um, we want to yeah. talk about the irony of taking a a, a a thing that's not good for you and then adding ink to it while you smoke it, so you smoke the ink? <laughs> Like, I'm guessing it's,
3: it's not better for you. I don't know if that would, I don't know. I don't know if it would make it any worse or better. Probably not. Cause the main reason they don't want people to smoke because they don't want the population to die. Right. Like they don't want kids to die not and they, get sick say, young. Right? right. That's, that's the num- biggest, but the young kids are vaping.
0: Uh, like, I don't know why they're investing more
3: time on also, cigarettes. Yeah.
0: There is only and, one kid. That's a teenager that I know today that has taken up smoking in all of my kids' friend circles
3: yeah I, knew, I know a lot of vapors though and it's funny because uh one of my friends started vaping and vapes a lot and uh, he's full-on addicted to it we'll be walking around the mall and he goes i need to go outside i need to go outside i need to go outside yep. as much as you could imagine for a cigarette and he i he coughs a lot like a <clears throat> lot at his
0: it's just water vapor clearly not yeah. um but Ugh. wow yeah it's all it's crazy so i want to know if you're a smoker why do you smoke 877-399-9898 Colleen the church later hi guys i smoke i have for 50 plus years why i'm totally addicted i've tried to quit several times no go i don't even notice the pictures and warnings on the packaging anymore Colleen, the church lady right i mean like this is not going to stop colleen from smoking right so um Ever been on transit when a smoker enters? Yeah, that's a tough one. I remember, you know, used to smell cigarette smoke outside. Now used to smell weed smoke everywhere you go. Angel, yes, I smoke. Been smoking since I was 11. I was uh, cut down to half a pack for the past five years. I enjoy smoking. Uh, those words will not determine what I want. See, I appreciate that. I, I I, wish everybody would be healthy, but I also eat potato chips and have bad habits too, so I'm not going to judge. Judy's in North Vancouver. Hey, Judy. Hello? Hi, Judy. Do you smoke?
2: Uh, Yes, I do. Yeah, Uh, why do you still smoke? (laughs) Well, I wish I didn't. I'd love not to be smoking, but I I had thrown my cigarettes away about three years ago, and I had a brain bleed, a rare brain bleed from it, and I was in the hospital for six months after recovering from that. And they said that they do have that happen. They've seen cases of it before. Interesting. By suddenly quitting like that. Yeah. And uh, I had tried everything else on the market, and none of that stuff worked. Hey, can I ask you a question? strong enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. no, I, I get that, Judy, especially after just smoking for a long time. How long have you been smoking for?
2: Oh, gee, since I was about tw- in my early 20s, I guess. And I'm now in my early 70s.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a long time. So do you think that any of these messages would deter you from smoking if you were a young person? I mean, uh, you, you don't No, I don't know. So. Right. We all know that everyone knows this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. when, when you, when you smoke now though, Judy, are you, do you, are you able to enjoy it or does it, is it just that nagging bad habit that, cause I'm curious uh, about that. I've always been curious. Like you grab your smoke, you go outside, right. To have a smoke. Yeah. Um, What's that feeling? Because you've tried to quit. You've smoked for a long time. You just said you don't, you wish you didn't do it. But are you still yeah. able to enjoy it? Or is that nagging thing in your mind that goes, oh, God, I hate uh, this?
2: Well, once in a while, I may enjoy one or two. But other yeah. than that, I'd rather not be smoking. But the uh, doctor was more concerned with me having another bleed.
0: Yeah, interesting.
2: Because yeah, that almost that. killed me.
0: Well, I'm glad it didn't, Judy. I'm glad you're here, buddy.
2: Yeah, I, I was lucky that the surgeons were trying a new technique and they happened to be able to save not only me, but they saved my memory, mm. which they hadn't been successful at before. So wow. when I uh, hear Judy, government... I'm, uh,
0: yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, I think you're done.
2: Yeah, when, when I hear government talking like this, it just irritates me to the point, well, since I heard the news, I increased two cigarettes a day.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: So if that's the wow. way it affects me. And yet, yeah. I've got to go around and I've got to smell all this marijuana yeah. <laughs> that I am very allergic to. I the smell of it, as soon as it hits my nose, I start having nosebleeds from it.
0: Oh, that's amazing! That's how I am with cigarette smoke. So that's a little bit ironic. But um, Judy, yeah. I'm glad you're okay, and I'm, I hope you find. Well, I hope you find what you're looking for. Right? I mean, that's really what it is. There's no judgment here, and I appreciate you yeah. sharing your heart with us. Thanks, Judy. Well,
2: ink on the package isn't going to help, or ink on the cigarettes. Wow
0: i agree thanks so much appreciate it 877-399-9898 uh outside winnipeg we've got mark mark you still smoke sure do how long Oh, thirty five 35
4: years since i was an early teenager
0: yeah so what's uh why do you why do you still smoke is it something that you like
4: well the odd time like your last guest said but mostly i don't want to uh the mm-hmm. fact the facts are now it's it's a drug and we're addicted and and when we started years and years ago, it was a different world, different situation, heck, different millennium. There's a yeah. hundred different ways we could go with this, like from peer pressure to looking cool to yeah. a girl coming up and, you know, hey, wanting a cigarette when you were a kid.
0: Oh, you it was know, a conversation like starter. Popular, You're absolutely right. So many people groups, would just use it as a, uh, just music to say hello to people. Go to
4: different bands. Uh, the, 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 the concerts were just a cloud of smoke, right? Uh like, like everything was so different than it is now. If they really mm-hmm. wanted people to stop smoking, they would raise the age one year every year.
0: Interesting. I love that. That's fantastic. That's a great idea. Well, we're going to talk about that shortly here, Mark. Uh, thanks so much for letting me know. Mark outside Winnipeg there, eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. 399 I smoke because to quote Chandler off friends, it's cool. And you know, it uh, Chandler did go through that episode or that season of friends where he was hiding his cigarette smoking. Um, that's for sure. Uh, Brian's in Vancouver. Hi, Brian. Do you smoke?
5: Oh, Hi there. Uh, no. Uh, my father was a heavy smoker all his life. Um, he had no problem with it. Started, they said when he was 8, quit when he was 80, when he died. But he died of prostate cancer. But I'm dead set against smoking. I hate cigarette smoke. And, uh, you know, Keith Richards, he just mm-hmm. quit smoking. And guess what? He said it uh, was no problem. He said that hmm. you know, I put the patch on, you know, the English accent, yeah. He just did they look at in recent interview, i oh, put the patch on for a couple of days, he says, No big issue. He says, you know, I just said I had enough. And that was it. And then quit, cold ticket, eh? hmm. so, yeah. So
1: well,
5: I, no I don't know if it, I,
0: I think that's the cool part about life, right, Brian? Like when you're done with something, I think that you're done with it. It's not like that for everybody because I think some people just aren't done with it. I imagine the hardest part, as you probably saw with your dad, as I saw with my folks before they quit, was that um, it's the habit of it. And and Mark sort of alluded at it there is that there was that social that social thing around it where you'd get that group of people that would always smoke together, but they would have a social circle. They would be to say hello, and then someone, total stranger, would walk up, and what a great... Conversation starter: You got a light? Can I bum a smoke? Whatever. I mean, it was his own little exchange of conversation that people used to have. Um, so it's quite remarkable. But I just don't think that these messages will help young kids not smoke, Brian.
5: I think they just think it's super cool. Like you know, like Steve McQueen was a super cool guy. But I don't think I do know Steve McQueen was a smoker, but he died of lung issues. Mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people die of lung issues, and I have lung disease. I never smoked in my life, but I have asbestos mm-hmm. in my lungs from working paper mills, et cetera. So my lungs are in tough shape, and, and I live in an apartment that's guaranteed smoke-free, and the guy underneath me smokes like crazy, and he yeah. signed the same agreement, and they are ter- they say if you want to move, you can move. I can move. Why should I move? I yeah, signed I agree. No smoking.
0: That's uh, that's absolutely true. I, I've been through that too, Brian. Uh, it sucks. Same thing in hotels. That drives me nuts because you try to call and like someone's smoking on my floor, right? And I get so allergic, I get stuffed up right away. Thanks, Brian. He's in Vancouver. Kevin is in Winnipeg. Hi, Kevin. Hi. How
4: you doing today, guy?
0: Good. You smoke or no?
4: Yes, I do. I've been smoking since I've been five years old. I'm fifty-three now. I don't have a blemish in my five? lungs. Not you betcha. Did, five years I'm old. You're so
0: young? Why? What? Whoa, whoa, Kevin. Well, how did that start at five years old? <sighs> Uh, yeah.
4: Just uh, on my birthday, turned five, my aunt came over threw a Rothman's red with this god-ugly pink lipstick stuff from the 70s on it. Took oh, the butt up, took a drag. Been going since. I don't have a blemish wow. on my lungs. I don't have yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing at all. But what a lot of people don't understand, too, is when they cough this stuff up, spit it out, don't swallow it back in, grab a Kleenex, or turn off to the side somewhere, you know, and get rid of it that's what your body's trying to do. And a lot of people don't do that. I worked in a bar also for over a decade. I was in a nightclub six to seven nights out of a week. If I wasn't working on a Sunday, somewhere, I'd be somewhere. And back then smoking was allowed, you know, but besides that, um, the other thing too, is they're going to be marking these cigarettes with some kind of ink. Now, what kind of other carcinogens are going to be putting onto these cigarettes that we're going to be inhaling if we're smoking regular cigarettes, if not first nations, but other than that, what kind of chemicals are they now putting in our body trying to cause a problem? That's what
0: yeah. this
5: is.
4: Yeah, know?
0: okay. Well, that's uh, that's interesting, um, Kevin. I, You know, I think you have a really good point. I That's shocking to me, five. But good for you that your health is there. You know, it sounds like you like smoking, and that's okay. Uh, you're allowed to like smoking. We're not here to judge. Just curious as to why people don't stop. Uh, Grant is in Edmonton. Let's go to Grant. Hi, Grant. You smoke?
5: Uh, no, I actually quit about uh, 15, 20 years ago.
0: Yeah.
5: Um the thing I'm astounded by is only our government would would come up with such a lame idea as putting labels on a on an actual cigarette
2: mm-hmm.
5: that the the numbering and lettering or whatever they put on there would have to be so small or so large and so much ink to cover the cigarette, it just it would make the the manufacturing cost prohibitive. It, I mean it's the dumbest idea I've ever hurt
0: well wow. that we just had a text come in here uh grant that says why don't they just spend the money on cancer research like that and then you know i mean that's interesting and then plus raising the the, the age of starting to smoke i mean i don't know about you uh, if you're around any young folks but vaping is literally everywhere it's in the schools it's every day someone is vaping in the bathrooms that's where people go to vape why are we spending money on individual cigarettes at this point
5: yeah exactly I mean, I, I go, I go out to pubs and stuff, and there's always, you know, some of my friends, it's, there's always people bumming a smoke from somebody else, and you go outside and stand with them or whatever. They grab a smoke out of the pack, they stick it in their mouth, and they light it. The last flipping thing that anybody's going to do is read the cigarette. Read it. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, we, you
0: know, yeah. It's funny, Grant. We don't read the. Uh, we go on the internet. We don't read anything that we click on. We just click okay, and then we move along. So I don't think anybody who's going to bum a smoke, especially after a few drinks, is going to be reading a cigarette either. Thanks for calling, Grant. Good morning, thank you very much for listening to The Shift, Radio Player Canada app. Great waiting for you to listen on your phone, nice and easy. If you go to shiftheads.ca, you can see our Facebook group also linked to the Radio Player Canada app. Pick the phone that you have to download the app and listen to your favorite local channel by just hitting the heart button. It's nice and easy, actually. So every time you open up the app, it's going to be right there waiting for you to listen to The Shift. I'm Shane Hewitt. I'm in Ottawa. Ryan O'Donnell is in Calgary. Brendan Kelly has the night off. He's downtown Vancouver, filled in with Tim French here on The shift and it's time for are you okay with are you, are, you, are, you, are you okay 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 are you okay with the concept is quite simple we have some stories that we want to share with you and you can let us know 877 9898 are you okay with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sri racha whoo uh,
3: it's not my favorite hot sauce, but I like sriracha mayo a lot, and it has to be on the right thing. You know, like Frank's and Valentina sauce I can and, and Cholula, I can put it on anything, but I can't put sriracha on anything.
0: Mm. That's the only thing that I, holds me back. I don't mind it. I quite like it. I agree with you that it's not my favorite. I mean, if it's there, I'll use it. Yeah. Like if you're having like a stir fry or something like that, it does taste pretty good there. But really, when it boils down to it, I don't really like it. It's not my favorite. I've never gone to the grocery store and said, you know what I need? I need a new bottle of sriracha. So I don't understand the hype. I think it just got overhyped.
3: Well, it's incredibly good in Asian dishes, and it is an Asian hot sauce. Like it's just Vietnamese food for me without sriracha is it's like the food is naked. It's just not as good. So um, it is very popular with its base.
0: I'll put it that way. Ryan eats naked food, but it became so popular. They mixed it with everything. It was on everything. And then there was like fast food Sriracha chains with cheese. Sriracha burgers and all those that's things. That's right? right. Oh yeah. That kind of died. It did. It, it became this yeah. really inflamed trend <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and then kind of passed passed away. Right? Uh, hui Fong's Sriracha sauce is the original brand of Sriracha, a chili sauce that originated in Thailand. I do like chili paste though. Uh, Very similar, but not like squeezy, saucy. It's more, you know, throw it in your food and cook. The production of Sriracha sauce begins with the growing of the chilies, and that's a little problem. Those chilies are the best, but they're also causing an impending massive shortage. One of
2: the world's largest producers in the Asian hot sauce market anticipates a major shortage of sriracha. The company that makes it says severe weather conditions affected the quality of its chili peppers and current inventory does not meet demand. The company is not accepting any new orders for sriracha hot chili sauce before September.
3: Huh. Oh, no. I know a lot
0: of people that are going to be crushed by that news. They... That's KMTV3, by the way. It uh, Just a, short of a shortage in a time of shortages. So, is what it is. Don't worry. I'm sure that's uh, StockX will be selling it with Ryan's sneakers with an opportunity <laughs> yes. to make a high profit. Yes, 50 bucks a, b- a bottle. That sounds about right. If, yeah. Here's some amazing facts that Ryan has assembled about this amazing sauce. David Tran, the sauce's creator, fled Vietnam during the war and was granted asylum in the United States. He started Wai Fong Foods in 1980, naming the company after the refugee ship that brought him out of Vietnam. Now, if you've ever heard any of the stories of people escaping Vietnam and uh, all those countries, it's, it's amazing what some of these families have gone through. His sauce was initially supplied to Asian restaurants near his base in Chinatown, Los Angeles, but sales grew steadily by word of mouth. Now, because Tran does not add food coloring to the sauce, each bottle varies in color slightly. At the beginning of the harvest season, the chilies are greener. Therefore, the sauce yields a more muted red color. Later in the season, the sauce produced is bright red. I've noticed that, actually, that it's a little bit more orangey at times. Yeah.
3: I, I never really cared about it or
0: questioned it, but, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's real product, huh. which I like. All right. A shortage of something that is meh in my books. <laughs> Fair enough. See, Brian's got heartbroken friends, and I'm like, meh. Are you okay with phone cords, cell phone cords, the cords no. and the phones and the phones and the cords? Are you, do you like that?
3: Well, okay. So the thing is, I hate that we can't just pick one. I have now for my phone, it's a USB. So it's USB-C, which is the Android port, right? But I have a super fast charger. Port thingy for it, which works great. But the thing is, it's not like USB C to USB, so I can't plug it into just everything. It's USB C mm. to USB C, so mm-hmm. I need a very specific charger, and I can't use it with everything. And but it charges really fast, which is great. Yep. And I hate the wireless charging because it charges so slowly. And sure, you just put it on a pad, but you still have to charge your phone in a location, so the wireless thing, I think, is just not really worth the extra money. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just wish that there was just one universal cord that we were all just like, yep, this is what we're going to use until we find one better.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Kelly's got the uh, couple of days off here as he's finishing moving, and Tim French is here. Tim, what kind of phone do you use? I actually just got a brand new uh, iPhone 13. I, uh, Ooh, I splurged. Fancy. Yeah. How fancy is that? Yeah. So, uh, how do you feel because you have the lightning connector on the bottom of your phone? How do you feel about all the because uh, Apple is the worst at changing dongles, changing plugs?
3: Right. Well, um, actually, I was hesitant to get a new phone. The last phone I had was the original iPhone SE, which was six years old. And um, I refused to get rid of like it because I didn't white. want to get rid of my headphone jack. So right. that for me was my conflict with it is that like I want to use headphones that plug in. I don't want to have to charge
0: more things. I'm bad enough with charging a phone. So my conflict was, uh, yeah, the headphone jack. Mm. So That makes sense. All right. So it's a good point. Very good point. Um, and one of the things that Apple argued was, well, we can make our phone thinner with the lightning jack, and then we take away the headphone jack. But really, that hasn't really been the case. The phone is not really any thinner than a, any other phone, right, that uses the, the USB-C. My laptop uses USB-C to USB-C, and yet I can't plug my phone into my laptop because I have lightning to usb yeah. Right so there's I have a bag, I have a pencil case, my Staples pencil case that I now carry with me whenever I travel that's got all of the adapters and plugs that I have to carry with me. Ah, oh, that's
3: a good idea. That's a that's great idea. It's dumb though. Like it it's is so dumb. dumb. And, I shouldn't and, have to have the idea. You're right. And they keep why did they get rid of the headphone jack? I well, it, nobody here, asked for that to be gone. I don't I hate that I have to buy a $30 dongle to plug why is it $30? in because thirty dollars exactly i don't want to have to use a bluetooth headphones because wired sounds better right like it's just Mm. mm.
0: Mm. shakes my fist (laughs) um well it's true though in here every pc that that ever exists in the world still has an hdmi connector for the monitor and my macbook uh, air doesn't now sure it's thin and light and has you know good power to last for a long time but the reality is, is I still need another adapter to plug in an HDMI cord so I can use an external monitor when I'm working on my laptop. So like, I, I'm so sick of the cords, although I do disagree with you, Ryan, the wireless charging. I keep one little pad on my nightstand, so I just set my phone on it at nighttime, and then I have another one on the side of my couch, and I have another one in my kitchen. So when I go... Be good. Right. So I sit on the end uh, end table on the couch, so I just sit down on the couch, watch a show, and set it down on there, so it's always got a, a bit of a charge. That works nice. Just saying. That one works. All right, anyway, um, so how about some help with that? Every cell phone manufacturer uses USB C charging port except for Apple. Now, Apple still uses the Lightning port, make money off the cords. I mean, they do charge like twenty-five bucks at least to buy a replacement cord when you can get one for three ninety nine at the gas station. It might only last for a month, but it still you can go a lot of months before you get to what you pay for the one at the Apple store. The European Union though, over in Europe wants to change this whole multi cord problem. The EU argues that it's both expensive and inconvenient for
3: consumers to have to carry multiple chargers for multiple devices. And so now policymakers are proposing a shift, one that would require iPhones sold in Europe to have a USB-C port. That legislation, if passed this year, would give companies two years to make the change. For Apple to meet that deadline, the company would already need to be working on a USB-C iPhone or figure out another way out. Now, there is a precedent for this situation. In 2009, tech companies and the EU reached a voluntary agreement. And because of that, micro-USBs became a lot more common.
0: That, by the way, is from the Wall Street Journal. The rules apply to all small and medium-sized portable electronic devices, which would include mobile phones, tablets, cameras, keyboards, speakers, headphones, headsets, and earbuds. Any of the photographers out there and how many different charging cords you have to carry for your backup hard drive, your, uh, your phone, maybe your flash, like all the things you charge, right? So many. Your extra batteries. So many cords. All the cords all the time. Here's the thing, though. I wonder if Apple's just going to include a free dongle and then you lose it. You got to buy another dongle. Does that count? Yeah. I mean, maybe I know that they,
3: they have confirmed that they have been prototyping products with the USB-C. Like it is something that they probably are preparing for, but, I don't think there's, a, like, would any Apple user be really mad if this change happened? Like, as long as they got a free charger, which, reminder, they stopped giving you charging cords and adapters. Or mm-hmm. I think you still get a cord, but you don't get an adapter block anymore for nope. climate change after they make their own, you know, garbage and send it with you, right? It's just all wow.
0: That is also a greenwash joke because they, oh, yeah. just they give to you money. the packaging with the heavy cardboard and all the extra layers of the perfect, you know, and the, you know, designed in California or whatever it says on it with the extra heavy cardboard of the box. Which people save the box, so then you can have the box, and then your extra heavy, super thick paper bag they give it to you to carry out in, out of the store, so you can walk out and walk through the mall looking like you're fancy and rich with your Apple bag. I mean, the way we get fooled into this stuff is mind blowing, but they continue to do it, and you know what? We continue to buy it, so I guess we're the we're the dumb ones, right? Throw me into that pile because I here I sit with my. My MacBook Air and my iPhone and all the things. Although I have to tell you, my headphones are all USB-C, and that's Mm -hmm. fantastic. I
3: love that. Mine are still micro USB. I have like brand new Sennheisers, and they still use micro USB. Oh boy, so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: so funny. Um, Well, I do have to when I travel because my little box thing here that communicates back to the radio station. Is also one of those micro USBs. Huh. So, yeah, yeah. more cords. Just more cords for my Little Red Staples pencil bag. Got lots of them. Are you okay with Big Mekovich? Are you okay the, with Big Mekovich? The Big Mekovich. Oh, you'd like the strong Burger? Is that what you're asking? Big Mekovich. Well, In Russia, duh, duh. McDonald's was very popular in Russia, although not with everybody. The traditionalists really hated the USA burger chain when it came in. It was the real sign of the end of the USSR, right? Mm -hmm. And um, industrial, you know, sort of the commercialization of Russia, Americanization of Russia, and the traditionalists in Russia hated the fact that McDonald's was there. McDonald's was there. McDonald's shut down when the war started. They continued to pay the staff. By the way. Now I'm assuming that's probably ended by now because they officially closed the doors and said we're out. But they did. They took care of the staff. They took care of their workers, which was quite remarkable. Um, here is an actual ad that McDonald's ran to celebrate their Moscow launch. It was in
2: 1990. A
0: I forgot about the food, folks, and fun. Wow. That's terrible, by the way. It's horrible.
3: The ad is literally just pictures of people in Moscow eating McDonald's. That's, that's just yeah. the entire thing for a whole minute. I cut it in half for you. That whole thing mm. is a minute long, and it's it feels like an hour.
0: Mm. That um, you can see why Justin Timberlake took the um, the the song when he did the song, right? Oh, I remember McDonald's. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm loving it or whatever it was. Um, which I I was told, and this could just be gossip, but I was told by the band that um, Nickelback was actually offered before they took Justin Timberlake's song. They wanted to sell, I think, uh, "How You Remind Me" or something like that. McDonald's wanted to buy one of the songs. There was a big rift inside the band that um, they were going to get paid like a million dollars for it. And Chad had said, "No, we're not that, not doing it." And they wow. said no to McDonald's. And then McDonald's went to Justin Timberlake instead. And so that could be gossip, and perhaps I'm not remembering that story quite right. So forgive me if I if I'm not. But I was told that by the band. So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, McDonald's is just one of many companies that have pulled out of Russia in response to the war on Ukraine. Obviously, but McDonald's now is still kind of there. Uh, it's just not McDonald's, uh, although definitely different. <laughs>
4: The outlet displayed a new logo, a stylized burger with two fries, with the slogan reading, the name changes, love stays. But Big Mac, one of the big favorites, is out of the menu. The new owners of the rebranded McDonald's say it is planning to reopen 200 restaurants in Russia by the end of June. The number of stores would then be expanded to 850 by the end of the summer. The chain will keep its old McDonald's interior, but will erase any references to its former American company's name.
0: That's from WION, by the way, which is uh, an English news group out of India, I believe. Yes. Now, uh, so this is still McDonald's, but they've changed it, and it's owned by Russians. It has a new name, a new logo. It's kind of like a dot and a slash slash. I don't get the burger and fries reference. It does kind of look like an M, but... It, it's the, I think it's the ownership group that used to be partnered in Russia with McDonald's to have the restaurant. So they're opening mm-hmm. up 200 by the end of the month, 800 by the end of the summer. Staggering. Uh, Vukusno and Toshka is the menu, That's the company. Toshka. Did I get that right? I don't, I, don't I don't speak Russian. Uh, <laughs> it's just like Vukusno I just do the and Toshka's menu, it's smaller. It does not have the Big Mac or the McFlurry. Um, a, I'm assuming. They're really just trying to not get sued uh, because they could still get sued, I'm sure. I don't know if that even would be a thing now with the war and the who cares that seems to go on in Russia. A double cheeseburger was going for 129 rubles, 284 Canadian, compared with roughly 160 rubles under McDonald's. So when you don't have to pay McDonald's, you can sell things for cheaper, and it looks like they're just trying to win the hearts of becoming the Russian fast food group. Bags and packaging for the Russian burgers are still the same as McDonald's for now. I'm assuming they're probably just using up the old inventory. Yep, that's exactly it.
3: Thanks for
5: listening to The Shift Podcast.
0: Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.